Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you till 6 in Edmonton. We're going to go the third hour extended uh, coverage on game days here on 630 Chad, the play by play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks. Game five tonight, Scotiabank, Saddledome. And at this time here in Oilers Now, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline and welcome back a guy that the fans dub Steady Steve during his eight seasons with the Edmonton Oilers. He is a rising star in the Ontario Hockey League as president and general manager of an absolutely stellar squad, the Hamilton Bulldogs, a team that if the Edmonton Oil Kings get out of the WHL, could be uh, their top opponent. We welcome back to the show Steve Stale. Steve, Bob Stoffer, how you doing? Hey, Bob, I'm doing great. How you doing? Good. Uh, Battle of El- I Look, I know you're focused on your team. Have you had a chance? Uh, we'll get to the junior stuff in a second. Have you had a chance to watch any of the Battle of Alberta games? I, I certainly have. I mean, not in great detail or depth, obviously, but uh, being busy here running the, the OHL team. But, uh, man, it's been exciting for sure. Uh, no, I've, I've, I've had enough, you know, get to see a little bit of it here and there and got to see a few games full, uh, full out. So it's been amazing. What year did you start in the OHL, by the way? Are you going to take me back that long? You're going to well, I want to know whether or not you were in the league when, when McDavid was in the league playing for Chris Knobloch and Erie. Uh, I I started back. I left the Toronto Maple Leafs to do the job in the, in Hamilton in 2015. So right. I missed Connor. Yeah, right. thankfully. But, <laughs> but Chris Chris still had a pretty good David Erie for a couple of years after that. Four straight 50 plus win seasons. All right. Uh, well, uh, you're watching the Battle of Alberta. Uh, and hey, we're privileged. I mean, the hockey gods smiled upon Edmonton, and they won the lottery, and they got Connor McDavid. And oh, by the way, Leon Draisaitl turned out to be the best player from the 2014 draft as well. Um, three games to one, the Oilers are up. You played two seasons in Calgary for, uh, as well. Do you identify more as an Oiler or more as a Flame, Steve? Uh, I think that's an easy question to answer. I, I identify myself as an Oiler for sure. I. Uh, you know, I really appreciated the trade to Calgary. I mean, I love the province of Alberta. The passion that you see with the two teams playing right now is phenomenal. And, uh, um, you know, both passionate fan base. I did appreciate my time in Calgary. I was a little long in the tooth. I wanted to co- contribute a little bit more than I did, but I only had a little bit of gas left in the tank when I was in Calgary. But certainly, my you know, my fondest years and my most formidable years for sure were in Edmonton with the Oilers and 
Um, you know, I think I owe a lot to that organization and the people that brought me in at the time that they did and gave me an opportunity. So very fond, grew our family up there and have some of our best friends still living in Edmonton. Steve Stales joining us. He spent eight seasons with the Oilers. That 06 playoff run, uh, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, the Oilers, and I was I was on the periphery, like far on the periphery uh, in, in the 80s. Just started to get into the media towards the, you know, 87, 88, 89, 90 cup years. Uh, but, you know, hosting the show in 05, 06, and uh, you guys, I mean, you, you were, you know, you lost Roley, but you went to the seventh game of the Stanley Cup final. I think you spawned a whole new generation of Oilers fans. It was a hell of a run, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah, it was something to remember for sure. It's, uh, you know, we didn't get to the ultimate prize. You get to game seven of the Stanley Cup finals and lose, and uh, you got to live with that forever. Uh, but at the same time, when you look back on that group and how we did it and qualifying for the playoffs in the second last regular season game and just the belief and the character of the group and the work ethic and it was it was the most special time and special run that I've ever been on. Um, and the city, I mean, just the, the way that they responded to us. And I'm glad to hear that you said that we did, you know, uh, inspire a new generation of Oilers fans. It's been a long time since we'd been on a run like that with the Oilers organization. And uh, it's just great to see what this group is doing right now. I remember because I wasn't broadcasting the the team's games yet. Uh, I was down by the dressing room after you guys closed out Detroit in Game Six. And it was Robin Brownlee and me were the only two media guys in Edmonton that picked you guys against Detroit. I told Babs to his face, these guys are all wrong for you. They got a guy that can stop the puck now. Uh, they're, they're, they're deep, and they're going to be committed. At what point during the Detroit series, Steve, when you think back, at what point did you think you could win the series? Um yeah, good question. I mean, I think we went in there with our eyes wide open. We certainly had a belief within our group, but uh, and we had a great game plan. I mean, Craig McTavish put together, and the coaching staff put together a great game plan against what was a high-powered team. We were really committed to the inner, uh, the inside ice and, and, and keeping Zetterberg and Datsuk and all their talent on the outside and blocking pucks. And, you know, we had a, obviously a very courageous group, uh, heart and soul type of group, and then Roley was phenomenal. So, um, I think as the series went on, we continued to grow even even more in, in, in our belief to be able to beat them. Uh, and I think once we got through that series, Bob, we, we really did start to believe that this was uh, we were a team of destiny. I'll never forget you were jumping around uh, in the old Air Canada Club as you guys walked off the ice, and some fans were like, you were stoked. And you'd beaten Detroit, and away you went, and you, you went on a, a terrific run. Even down 2 nothing against San Jose, uh, and, and there were media guys that were writing you off, came back to town, and the Sharks were really good. Thornton had an unbelievable year that year. Chichu scored 50-plus goals. You guys didn't waver, though, did you? You came back, you rallied in game three, and then ended up winning four straight games. I'll, I'll tell you, as far as turning points, though, Bob, that, that, those first two games in San Jose, we we were outmatched. We were barely touched the puck. They were physical. We got, you know, they, they really did what they needed to do on home ice. And then game three, obviously, taking it into overtime and just, the, again, the, the, the belief, the courage of the group. Um, you know, the depth of our group, we just continued to, to play and we played hard. And, you know, once we got that win, then again, it turned again. And I remember the comment that uh, it just sort of the sentiment from the San Jose locker room at the time was that it was no big deal. You know, they lost an overtime game and I think that fueled us even more. Uh, and we, we took it to another level and ended up winning four in a row against them and beating them in six. But it was, uh, those are the special moments. Thanks for asking. Cause I don't get a chance to really reflect much 
doing what I do on a day-to-day basis now on that, but it was really a special time. All right, I want to switch focus uh, to the day-to-day basis because you're currently running the Hamilton Bulldogs, which many people feel is the best-run uh, junior team out there. Uh, there is an Edmonton Oilers connection, uh, current connection. Uh, I, I believe the daughter of your owner dates uh, one of the Oilers players right now, uh, so that's, that's a cool story, or one of the Oilers players right now. But maybe tell me just about the situation in Hamilton and why it was right for you to leave the uh, Maple Leafs organization and go into Hamilton and become uh, uh, present GM. And I would have to think that ownership plays a factor in that. It, it certainly was an important decision. I think, you know, as a player, Bob, you just, you show up and, you know, you get the training camp and you do your best to get your spot on the roster and, and play on a nightly basis for a guy like me, right. Just to continue to, to get better and improve. And, um, you know, it was different. You know, you go, I, I was very fortunate to get a job with Toronto and player development and then spent half a season there as an assistant coach. And then this opportunity came up in, in my hometown in Hamilton to be able to, you know, run my own program. And, uh, and when I say that it wouldn't have happened without Michael Andlauer because he's a committed owner and, uh, you know, gave me all the resources to be able to do it right. So, um, it's been one hell of a seven years. I mean, one year without COVID, but, uh, it gave me the opportunity where I, where I was really intrigued, Bob, instead of like going from either coaching or player development was to be able to touch every area of the organization and build it up. Right. Um, our motto is to be best in class in all areas. And it's a, it's a great way to live for sure, but it's, there's some stress to it too, because we really take a lot of pride in every area and that's an office training and conditioning and, uh, you know, billets, education, all that stuff. So it's a little different than pro hockey. There's other elements and they're young players leaving home and there's all that that you have to adapt to. But, uh, you know, it's been a great time for me to be able to learn this new generation of players, not just from an evaluation standpoint, but just how, what makes them tick and to be able to put teams together that way with all the understanding of all the stresses that these young players have to, you know, live through in today's day and age compared to what we had to, uh, it's just been a phenomenal experience and very rewarding, uh, you know, because you do build a connection with young players and help them develop and their families and, and the billets as well. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Jay McKee's your head coach. I met Jay in fourteen fifteen. I went into Erie twice, uh, once when we were in Toronto and once when we were in Pittsburgh to go see Connor and Dylan Strome play. I wasn't sure where the owners were going to be drafted. Uh, the guys, 50-win season this year, and you guys have had a very competitive team for a number of years here of late. Maybe just uh, t- tell, I mean, hey, you got you talked about the impact Mac T had back in 05 and 06, maybe laying off the gas pedal a bit as the playoffs were on. What's made Jay McKee a successful coach? Well, I mean, he's just got the pedigree. I mean, you know, our playing days are far behind us, but you learn a lot of lessons as a player. But then you develop as a coach and as a manager for myself personally, and you learn as you go along. And Jay's ability to just understand, again, this generation, this group coming up, um, he's got a real knack to be able to hold players accountable but still create the right environment where, uh, you know, they still know that they're being nurtured and cared for great lines of communication, extremely passionate, extremely detailed as well. Um, you know, and so when I went through the interview process and it was through COVID Bob, so I had plenty of time to really take a look around and, uh, you know, I was really pleased with how Jay handled himself and, um, you know, just fits with the core values of our, of, of what we do in Hamilton. And, uh, uh, it's been a great fit. He's done a tremendous job. Um, you know, I have Andrew Campbell as well, who played games in the NHL, a long time American Hockey League 
captain and Andreas Carlson, uh, who played in the NHL as well, and a bit of a sw- Swedish influence there, being born and raised and developed through that system. So uh, great balance throughout the coaching staff, great lines of communication, so really pleased. And you went for it. You stepped up. We're joined by Steve Stales. He's president GM of the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. They're the favorite in the uh, Ontario Hockey League. They're playing uh, currently against uh, North Bay. Uh, Matthew Petroff, who I think had a goal and assist. You guys won last night uh, for North Bay as an Oilers six-round pick. Uh, the acquisition cost is never cheap. We saw the Edmonton Oil Kings go all in uh, to get Caden Gooley, uh, Justin Sortif, uh, as well as uh, Luke Pro cop this year uh how significant uh was the haul that you had to give up to get mason mctavish it was the third overall pick in the nhl entry draft last year in that blockbuster deal that you guys made with peterborough yeah um significant for sure uh you know you have to put a couple prospects in who we were very fond of and also some draft picks as well um you know like when i look at our team from the beginning of the year uh i really love the ability like the, the the belief in the group, the the leadership, the depth, um, and they showed me not just in games but also in practice the way that they handled themselves. That it was my job to go out and be able to add to this group. And uh, you know, didn't know that Mason McTavish even at that time was going to be back. And then once he was sent back, I was, you know, I was pretty you know eager with Peterborough to continue the lines of communication to try and acquire the player. Obviously, I think the most impactful player in the CHL. Um, and along with Arbor Jackai, who is a real great story. He was a free agent signed by the Montreal Canadiens, who's been a massive impact as well. Also picked up another winger in the deal as well. So three acquisitions this year compared to in 2018 when we made five. Um, but you just every year is a little bit different. So um, those were the two most impactful players, one on forward and one on defense with McTavish on forward and, and Jacka on the back end. And, uh, you know, it was my job to be able to uh, add to this group because they'd shown me that they were willing to do what it takes to uh, to be a championship caliber team. How weird is it to be the general manager of a team, Steve, when your son's on the team? Strange. Yeah, we would need a lot more time to talk about this one. When, when, so, but the build, you know, you talk about the last two or three acquisitions that I made and significant ones. Bob, but it was 20, you know, after 2018, that's when the process started to get to this level in 2022. So at that point, we had a player named Ben Gleason, who was a free agent signing with the Dallas Stars, and he was our number one power play defenseman. And throughout our league and throughout the draft, we hadn't had the opportunity through draft or via trade up until that point to be able to supplement the team with a number one power play defenseman. There was a long conversation with my staff. We identified that Nathan Steos was the best power play defenseman, best offensive defenseman that we could get that would be at the time where, you know, this team would be ready to challenge for a championship. Um, But it was different because he's my son. And I haven't done him any favors, to be quite honest, because it only puts added pressure on the player. Uh, He had to acclimate himself coming back home. Uh, He's living in a billet home, but just there's added pressures to it. And he's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, led, led defenseman in scoring this year. He's everything and more that we wanted from the player when we acquired him. Um, you know, so trying to separate doing what's right for the organization, um, you know, and then putting my personal stuff in the background and, and, and not like, cause I wasn't going to make the deal. I was sort of convinced by my staff, like if you're doing the right thing by this, by this organization, this is how we have to do it. And we did it and it's worked out great. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a real tough question here, Stephen. I don't know if you can answer this. Um, 
when I grew up, and I wasn't good enough to play in the WHL as a 17-year-old, okay? I, I just wasn't. I, I could score a little in, in the double-A system, but I was not the best. Guy Godowski was my linemate. He's the head coach now at Penn State. He ended up going to Colorado College. Uh, but there was 12 teams in the WHL at that time. There's 22 teams for 9 million people in Western Canada right now in the WHL. And the last team to win was the 2014 Edmonton Oil Kings out of the West. Kelowna probably should have won in 2015. They didn't. They got beat by Oshawa and DJ uh, Smith in the final that year. Um, the OHL has 20 teams, right? Yeah. It has 20 teams. There's 14.4 million uh, uh, people in the, in, in the province of Ontario. Not to mention, I think in fairness, other than Portland, the OHL's got better access to American players. So on that note... Would the numbers suggest that maybe if you just look at the population, it makes sense that the OHL might have a more competitive league because it's a tougher league to play in than it is to play in the Western League as a kid? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, not a real educated answer here, but I'll take a stab at it. I would say that I'd suggest that yes. I mean, uh, you know, and, and could we use more teams in our league? I think the talent pool is pretty deep, to be quite honest. And, uh you know, so, yeah, we feel like competition in the Ontario Hockey League is great. I think every league feels the same way. You talk to the Western League, the, you know, uh, you know. in fact, even when I was going to U17 and World Junior Camps, uh, we'd always have those debates in, in the locker room with the Western League and the Ontario League. But uh, certainly it's, it's, it's a competitive league. I mean, every on every given night, um, you know, it's, it's a real challenge. And that's, again, with this group. We've you know won our you know eleven straight playoff games here. It's pretty special what we're doing right now, and you know we got to continue to to keep working towards it. But it's a, it's a highly competitive league, and on an, any given night, uh, any team can win. Well, you guys are eleven and zero. The Edmonton Oil Kings are eleven and one. The Oil Kings have four first round picks uh, in on their lineup, as well as five guys if you include Sortif, who came over from the Vancouver Giants. Five guys that were on the World Junior Team. I somehow think, Steve, that there's a possibility you two teams might be in the Memorial Cup. It'd be awesome if that's the case. I mean, I'd be, I'd be really interested to watch. Hey, uh, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, let's stay in touch, okay? You never know where things may end up. Yeah, thanks, Bob. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the series. It's been a wild one, so it's been awesome. All right, thank you for your time. That is former uh, Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames defenseman. He was part of the 06 um, Stanley Cup run Edmonton Oilers. He is the current president and general manager uh, for the Hamilton Bulldogs. They are owned by uh, Michael Anlauer, who is part owner of the Montreal Canadiens. And believe me when I say this, Steve Stales is a rising star. He is going to be on an NHL management team sometime in the next two to three years. And remember, he's already been with the Maple Leafs. So just file that one away because what he's done in Hamilton has been pretty impressive. We'll take a timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Any reason why you came back with the Carpenters, Brendan? I'm just asking here. 228. We've only just begun. You know, honestly, it's because Gene, uh, Gene Principe and I were talking about this song at the last home game. No other reason. The Carpenters. All right. Uh, this is an appropriate text then. Uh, Cletus has texted the show to say, Bob, if you're going to go overtime today, do you have an extra bottle of Bailey's for yourself and some extra donuts? Well, I, I don't eat donuts. Uh, I, I eat blueberry muffins. I certainly do drink Bailey's. Um, preferably at least one in the morning, and that's the problem on the road. Uh, no, I didn't have a Bailey's today, so maybe I'm uh, abnormally cranky or something like that. Because you know what? I love it. 
It's the privilege. It's the toy department of life. Steve Steos, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. they got a great team. Edmonton Oil Kings have a chance to close out the Winnipeg Ice tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Uh, of course, tonight, the Edmonton Oilers can do the same to the Calgary Flames. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Jack Michaels, Oilers radio play-by-play voice. When we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.